You're listening to episode 177 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. So I wanted to... (laughs) A moment of silence, for we've lost our first pal. Coronavirus has hit hard. Uh, Well, Phil is in here. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, Yeah. Okay, hang hang on. Uh, on. I know he is. Let's, Let's take a second... Because I also had a Phil is gone bit. Let's <laughs> let's do both, and we'll see whose is actually better. Oh, okay, and, all right, okay, and all right, The all listener right. can actually choose. Sean, why don't you just intro it again? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so I wanted to take a second to address the the uh, the lack of Phil in the room. Um, we really we. Re- in the spirit of the coronavirus and and trying to make things better for people who are at home and for their actual listening pleasure, we really thought it would be best to leave Phil out of the episode so that the the listener can actually enjoy the episode and get things really get things out of it, and it'll actually be funny and and bring real laughter into the world. We didn't have to do that. Much like New York City didn't have to go out and clean all the subways all of a sudden, but. We did it. We did that for you. Marco's was funnier. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't. Neither of them were very good, but at least his was short. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true too. If we're gonna really critique it. Yeah, All right. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, Phil's. Uh, listen, Phil's. Phil's at work. Phil is a is a newsman in real life. And uh, listen, it's a big time. So legitimately, he is essential sta- essential staff. Yeah, he's essential staff. I, so. I I I feel like it might just be a conspiracy where his managers kind of just secretly hope he gets sick. Jesus like, Christ! <laughs> oh my God, it's a joke, you guys. Relax. <laughs> well, mine my, mine was much lighter. I just joked that he was dead. He thought he was already <laughs> dead. Yeah. Hey, that I can get behind. <laughs> A plot to poison, well, not poison, but to help hope he gets infected with a virus. I didn't I say know. I hope he gets infected. I said I think his employers might. I know. If you would have said you hoped, eh, but to implicate someone else, I mean, this is just. <laughs> to implicate. To implicate yeah. a, an innocent victim. Yeah, exactly. We're all victims. Even if we don't have this virus, we're victims. I got to tell you, I'm very afraid of going outside. Oh, I At bet first, you are. <laughs> Well, that's actually true for me every day. You already barely go outside. (laughs) Yeah. You don't know my life. Um, (laughs) So, uh, what was I saying before I was rudely interrupted? Oh, yeah. Which So, uh, I was taking this very lightly at first. Mm. Um, But then I heard if you have, like, asthma and stuff, it could be really bad. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, I'm going to (laughs) die. So... Now I'm really scared of going outside, and I have these plans to go to WrestleMania this year. Uh-huh. I think they might get canceled because of me. I don't know if I'm willing to take the risk. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. Like it, it's it's one of those things where I the chances of you getting it are like so high right now that like if you are at like a greater risk, like you're probably just better off playing it safe. Yeah, for me, for, 
for me, it, last night I found out that there were 38 cases in Luxembourg, which I also found out Luxembourg is only 2,000 uh, kilometers across. Not that far, but they're also checking people at the border. And I went, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll stay home. <laughs> scary. It's real scary. Uh, and it's affecting the comics industry in some major ways that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but inspired by uh, the coronavirus, I do have a question for you guys. Ooh. Would you say that that question is somewhat random in nature? Damn it. Yeah. So it's the random question of the week. That it is. Give yourself the coronavirus. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. As you can see, I already contracted it. Uh, (laughs) I spent a night in the Bronx last night, which was the biggest mistake I've ever made. Uh, And not even because of the coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Damn. Damn right. Uh, so inspired by all this that's going on, you know, maybe I'll get quarantined. And so I thought, well, if I got quarantined, what comic book would I want to be quarantined with? What would I want to take with me to read during my two week quarantine? And so I'm asking you guys the same question. Something volume two. I knew that. I have an answer for each of you, except for kill. Um, you're gonna but guess our answers. I, I'll, I won't. Well, I could guess them if you want. Yeah, we could do that. I, I feel let's like that's let's a, do both. Let's that's do both. That's reverse of the game. Yeah, you should right. guess. <laughs> so, our answers first. so for Marco, I said Swamp Thing, but I didn't know easy. what specific. Yeah. But that's super easy. For uh, for Pete, I said Invincible. <laughs> uh, which, you again, are correct, sir. Also super easy. Uh, <laughs> For myself, I said uh, Batman by Morrison, you know, the whole deal. Yeah. I said the same for uh, Phil as well, which Mm. I'm pretty sure would be his answer. Uh, And then for Kale, I have no effing clue. Wild card. Whoa. (laughs) It's like like Pete's voice is a real (laughs) holy cow. Wild card. Oh, I hope that shows up on the recording. Oh, Hold on. Wild oh. card. <laughs> oh, I think I know. All right. I think it's Spider-Man Blue. For two weeks? For, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's not enough. Oh, what about what about like um, like Headlopper maybe? For two oh, weeks? Is that not long enough? Man. I don't have any concept of how many issues there are of it. I, I, I got a guess. I don't know if it's a good one, but I think this is a long thing. Like, it's gotten long. The Black Hammer world stuff. Mm. Mm. That's not bad. That's if, I, if, I, if I had a chance to uh, really sit down with all of it, yeah, that's that's not bad. Uh, my, my first thought is I would tackle the Moby Dick of comic books, which is uh, Alan Moore's From Hell. Oh. oh. If I if I legitimately had the the time and like guilt the guilt free time to not have to do anything else and that's the only thing I could do, that's what I would do. That's interesting. So you would pick a book you've not read. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. See, I knew I knew with Kale it was impossible to guess 
because he's not he doesn't have that like this book is near and dear to my heart you know uh, i i tend to and and this this goes along with a lot of other media is i i don't often like to go back to things i like to experience a whole new processes which is why i think i don't get a lot of like studying and stuff done because i don't like to go back <laughs> <clears throat> so wait let's let's take that from that angle though <clears throat> for the three of us who didn't what what would be the book you would pick if it was something that you haven't read before like it's a, a big long book that you've always like wanted to check out but it was too much for you to dive in i like that um I got a lot of answers to that one. At the current moment, I would read Why the Last Man. Ooh, okay. Ooh, that's awesome pick. Yeah. That I mean, one would if, probably not last you the whole two weeks, but most of it. Yeah. I mean, if I could do other things too, like, yeah. you know. Because it's like 52 issues, I think. It's probably. Like pretty meaty. I know it comes in. I think it's two omnibus that it comes in. I have yeah. to, so I hope it's just a two. Yeah, it's like five deluxe trades. <clears throat> I think it's collections. five or six deluxe collections. Yeah, because there's like back matter in them. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, that's a great pick. That's like such a good series. Um, I think I might pick Savage Dragon. Whoa, because. Huh. I've always been interested in it and the fact that it's like been going for so long with the same creative team. It's like one of the like OG seminal image books, you know, like I'd like to see what it's all about because I don't really have any concept of what it's like from a content perspective. Like I know what, you know, the dragon looks like and I've seen him in cameos and invincible and spawn and stuff like that but i don't really know anything about him or his world so like if i'm held up for two weeks what better opportunity is there to like dive in and give it a shot yeah all right or maybe the boys it's another one it's back in the news now too i i was sitting on like maybe one of those other humanoids books um something like something random kind of european dive into that or uh but then but then did i think when uh you mentioned savage dragon i actually thought like walking dead i feel like that's something that i oh yeah would would thoroughly enjoy but just haven't gotten a chance to sit down and read it i mean we're that's our future so you might as well read it now get prepared (laughs) get ready yeah no no which farm to live out of exactly (laughs) Or not. Oh, yeah, no. You'll be reading from the zombies' perspective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Kale answered the question. Yeah. All right. Yes. That, was, that was a bit more thoughtful than you're giving me credit for. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So uh, we'd actually love to hear what you guys would read while quarantined. Obviously, no one wants to be quarantined, but if it has to happen to you and you're not sick enough to uh, be unable to read, what would you read? You can hit us up and let us know. And while you're doing that, make sure that you leave us some type of rating, whatever the equivalent is on your podcast hosting platform of choice. We are most likely there. If we're not, at Marco Marco Animoto on Twitter. 
uh, and let him know, and uh, we will get on there. Uh, again, of course, just leave us that five-star rating. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. If you want us on social media, we are at the Comics Pals. Uh, if you're on YouTube right now, thank you for watching. We really appreciate that. Make sure that you guys drop us a comment, uh, like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to our channel for more content like this. Hit the notification bell to be made aware whenever we drop our new videos. And make sure that you guys are checking out that Anyone Comics interview that we did. It was a lot of fun, very insightful. If you're interested in learning more about the industry from the retailer's perspective uh, and just some general good insight into the industry that we all love and appreciate so much, you're going to want to check that out. There's lots of other content there as well, uh, interviews that we've done from New York Comic Con, different cons over the years. Check it out. Join our Discord. Definitely come uh, hang out on the Discord. It's definitely been a safe haven, if you will, during this coronavirus affair. All of us banding together to talk about, you know, our uh, losing our not losing our jobs, but uh, being forced to work from home and, you know, things like that. <laughs> so uh, come talk to us over on the Discord server. We'd really appreciate the conversation. And, of course, before I stop plugging, I got to let you guys know about our book clubs. We've got a lot of. Really, really great book clubs out for you guys to listen to right now. Upcoming, we have the Demon Bear Saga, which will be dropping at the end of the month uh, ahead of New Mutants. And uh, we've got plenty of other book clubs out there. Infinite Loop we did, uh, Magneto Testament we did, and then a whole host of other ones. A huge backlog. And coming up over the next few months, we will have some listener requests. So look forward to that. Uh, we're not going to announce any yet, but if you've made a request through our Discord server, there's a chance that you might be hearing us do a book club about that book that you uh, talked about. So if you want to get in on that as well, join the Discord. Enough of me shilling the brand. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rep it, man. Yeah. Uh, let's do some pals pulls. Light week, light week uh, which is uh, unfortunate because, again, we do want to read comics during this time where we're trying not to go outside. Uh, but we've got a couple picks for you guys. Kale chose the Detective Pikachu original graphic novel. Ah, uh, hell yeah. They adapted the uh, the greatest film of all time, the cinematic masterpiece of uh, Detective Pikachu. It's the which movie that won Ryan Reynolds' his Oscar. Now I... Is that true? No. Oh, I was, I was say, playing I don't with remember your that. <laughs> This this pick flies right in the face of uh, what I said at the beginning of the episode, how I don't like to go back and visit things. But hey, it's Pokemon, so I don't know. I'll, I'll shove okay. that same shit down my throat again yep. year after year. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon, That's a good point. The Pokemon company can kick me in the face, and I will thank them for it. <laughs> Damn. Uh, you also chose the Robin 80th anniversary. Yeah, Robin is by far my favorite superhero. Yeah. Um, he's my probably my favorite. He's certainly my favorite Batman character. Um, and uh, I think I, I think I'm really pumped that they're they're giving the the boy wonder this uh, this same uh, this same opportunity as uh uh, Superman and Batman, because I, I think he's he's right up there along alongside them. 
Kale, does your hair just do that? Because you've got that like that that arid hair. Genuinely, if you could see how much product is in my hair right now for this to be happening, uh, despite it, is infuriating. (laughs) But isn't that what you want? You're not going for that. No, my hair. My hair goes up. Huh. All right. Well, the fact I have this this little this weird little patch just like. On the the very cusp of my widow's peak here, that just it just curls. It's just a natural. I'll say this to you now, but I'll only say it because a couple weeks ago, you were good enough to acknowledge how awesome Jean Grey is during our giant size Jean Grey uh, Emma Frost special. So that made me have warmer feelings towards you. So I will say your hair looks pretty good today. Thank you. You're I will very take welcome. this. I will take this genuine moment of friendship. And I will store it away in a drawer where after this coronavirus apocalypse, one day when I'm old, I can I can open the box and feel something. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, for me, I was just going to ignore it because it's uncomfortable. Um, like after we get over this moment. But it'll it'll uh, be 100 years from now for sure. <laughs> I'll be dead. Uh, that's that's why it'll be. In fact. That's why it'll be. And I just, you see, I just fucked it all up. You did. Um, so <laughs> last night, and, and this actually reminds me, your hair reminds me of this. Last night I was thinking about how cool, this This is, I didn't even know I should say this, this might happen, um, how cool we would look as Funko Pops. Oh, man. Each would, of us? I would fucking love a Funko Pop of me. I feel like, like, I I feel like for Kale, all they need to do is take the Conan O'Brien one and like change it a little bit. He's got the same kind of like... The whoopy hair, you know? Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> well, Pete's would be pretty cool. So there's only five of us, right? But we could have a Chase sixth one, which would be Pete with the red hair. Yes! <laughs> uh, yeah, or one or one that like glows in the dark or something. <laughs> something cool, <laughs> yeah. Like Pete would definitely be the Chase figure. Yeah. Um, I would have a microphone. Uh, and then... Marco, I mean, Marco just has, he just has the right look. Like, he's got the glasses. Those are yeah. perfect for being on a, a Funko. You know how um, now they do the ones face. where they come with, like, the little sidekick things or, like, they're holding something? Marco mm-hmm. could just be, like, holding a body pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Phil could also have two versions. Phil could have, like, the regular version and then the, uh, when he's at a Comic-Con investigating whatever he's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Filming an outfit, yeah. Filming an outfit, yeah. He's got, like, the, the bow tie and the pink shirt. Yeah, I would like that. Or, or he's Canadian Wolverine. <laughs> that might get us sued, but hey. <clears throat> it's licensed. It's licensed. <laughs> uh, I chose this week Resistance Number 1. So we talked about this book quite a while ago. This is from Artists, Writers, and Artisans, the new imprint or not imprint imprint but publishing company um they haven't put out anything yet this is their first book and uh is this uh axel alonzo's yep company yep and this is uh jms and mike diodato i think uh michael what's his name michael morrissey morrissey oh mike mike morrissey yeah 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 i think he's got a book coming out from them this week as well uh yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, Archangel. This, this is Archangel Eight, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah, Bill Jemis is also, uh, he's the CEO actually. Mm. So, 
That's pretty interesting. Uh, these are creators who I think anyone would agree are top level. Uh, Deodato is, is maybe my favorite like regular artist. Um, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do next. And this book has an inter- interesting idea. Uh, it, it, I'll just read you guys the uh, tagline here. A global disaster leaves hundreds of millions dead in its wake. Shortly after, a few thousand suddenly manifest superhuman powers. Born under a cloud, these reborn humans must discover who they are, why they possess such great powers, and what, if any, responsibility they bear for the tragedy. Are they harbingers of more tragedy to come, or Earth's last hope? So, this is actually taking place six months into our future, after the coronavirus sweeps the world, uh, these will be the people who will become the first mutants. Who will be the eight? Will it, will it be any of us? No. No. You guys see uh, X-Men, the first movie. Remember Senator Kelly and how Magneto puts him in that machine that's supposed to turn everyone into mutants? And he gets that power where he just like becomes slime. He just turns yeah. into like jelly. And yep. he... <laughs> He gets beached like a whale, and he just gets up. That's me. That's what happens when I become a mutant. <laughs> Not looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, but those are all the polls we had for this week. Hopefully, next week sees more more uh, interesting books coming out. Go read some old books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do or that. some web While comics. Oh, or some web comics. Oh, actually, or you can uh, uh, here attend we attend We're Gail Simone's. Talk about it. Oh, go ahead. You can attend Gail Simone's um, comic school. She's doing this this, like five day thing where you go, and if you're interested in learning how to create, you know, just go look at her Twitter. She has a couple of of threads there that she's going to be doing, just kind of running down the list of uh, best practices, things for you to learn, things for you to do, especially while you're quarantined. So, yeah, and it's, it's, I, I think the focus is how it works. As like a as someone from the big two, because I I specifically recall her her first day's thing was okay make a springboard for a pitch yeah yep and do yeah. like two or three of them. That's Ooh, cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's real cool. So, uh, we you know everyone's talking about the coronavirus and it has definitely had an impact on the industry. We talked last week about Emerald City. Comic-Con being canceled or at the very least postponed. We now know when it will be actually uh, occurring. Uh, It has a new release period or uh, occurrence period of August 21st to the 23rd. So that's pretty cool. Um, At least it's not canceled for the year. It will still take place. So everybody who was planning to attend, there is a path to be able to uh, attend this event now. Um, You can go to their website for a ticket exchange. Um, So uh, if you if you haven't, you know, done that yet, go ahead and take care of that, because if you don't, uh, your ticket will be canceled and refunded after March 30th. So uh, from today's from the release of this episode, you've got uh, 14 days. To take care of that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that move. Um, I feel like in general, I have a pretty positive opinion of Read Pop. 
as like a producer of these kinds of shows, I think like obviously, you know, I think that everybody from both our side and the creative side like has things to say about New York Comic Con in San Diego in terms of the crowds and all that stuff. But I think it's pretty hard to argue that Reed Pop generally handles events pretty well. And I feel like they adapt to situations and like fan feedback pretty well. So the fact that people like wanted to be able to transfer over their tickets and that's an option without you having to go through the process of buying a new one is a very, very pro-consumer move. And the fact that if you're just like, I don't want to go, I'm going to wash my whole hands of the thing, you don't have to do anything and they'll just cancel it for you right. is all, no pun intended, Marco, uh, is also a good move. But wash part. your hands. But also wash your hands. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I think this is definitely the right move. I think my question is, does it actually happen in August? Yep. You think it does? Or are you agreeing? With oh that no, that, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, that was yeah. my thought as well. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I feel like that's pretty fucking optimistic. If I'm going to be yeah. honest with you, <laughs> I, I actually think a lot of people are being super optimistic. Like the two week period of, you know, a lot of people are speaking in two week periods when it comes to this coronavirus thing. Yeah, and I feel like it will be worse in two weeks, not better. Yeah, in two weeks, we'll just have an idea of how fucked we are. No, no, no. (laughs) Mr. Trump said April should be fine. No, no. You guys aren't listening to the news. The thing thing is, (laughs) they they just closed, I think, the last uh, pop-up hospital or whatever in China. So, like, I don't think it's totally over, but I think it's on its way up over there. Yeah, and I think, there. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I was gonna say, and Korea like is like a, seeing like less cases and and all that stuff. But yeah, you're right. There, elsewhere. Right, right. My 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 point there being, you know, they're through the worst of it, and they were hit the hardest at at the time. You know, right. Like but I mean, a month ago or whatever. Right, but the reason that they are already starting to see things change is because they had a a hyper aggressive and you know authoritarian response to it and I'm, we're yeah. we're washing our hands i'm not you know? arguing, i'm not arguing that point <laughs> like they were, we're doing not all washing our hands yeah fair enough i um, haven't washed my hands in six months but i mean like china closed like every movie theater they were doing mandatory uh vaccinations and stuff like there's no, we're not even close to that level of response i feel like we're going to be way more akin to like what we're seeing happening in happening in Italy right now where like everything is totally fucked. And I really think that we're going to see the ramifications of this well into the next year or two. And like our next story, I think plays into that for sure. Like the echoes of what we're seeing right now that people are just starting to take seriously is going to be felt for quite some time. Even if the virus itself dies down and we're not at risk anymore yeah um i have a a friend who he's a he's a dental he's a dental student but he's been working like within like certain hospitals and stuff for volunteer things and he was saying like uh, where he's at they've been um uh hitting like capacity for certain things uh just in terms of like people being able to uh, be attended and then if the same kind of shit happens in it like what's been happening in italy Bro, like they're gonna have to start choosing between oh the sixty-five-year-old person who's on a ventilator versus the twenty-five mother of two. Like, gonna have to prioritize somebody. Yep. Yep. 
Not to mention that, like, we're starting to see shortages of, like, stuff like face masks in hospitals because people are paranoid and buying them. Yo, to all the people who are buying toilet paper, (laughs) shut the – get out of here. What are you doing? Buy enough for your family and stop. Have you you seen that shit? Like, 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 people be, like, packing cars or that. Why? What are you doing? Buy food. I just saw a, f- a photo on Twitter that was somebody buying three pallets of uh, hand wipes or whatever, and the caption was, everyone needs to rob this person. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, though. I was, like, in a, I was in a store yesterday uh, hanging out, and the owner <laughs> was making fake hand sanitizer to sell out so of nice. rubbing alcohol. Fuck, you know, yeah. yeah, no, yeah, you can do that. The uh, was it the state of New York? They they said if you, as long as you have some sort of liquid that's sixty percent alcohol and then whatever like other sort of either gelatinous or water, it's fine. Like like that that's something oh, yeah. that you can use. As for selling it, probably not. That's probably illegal. <laughs> but to but... use, you, you're good. <laughs> well, the the Cuomo's using the New York State prisons to sell hand sanitizer, like. Sounds great. If, if, he, if he can use prison slavery to do it, I don't see why the bodega guy can't. <laughs> prison slavery. Hey, this wasn't a bodega, man. <laughs> this was a store you wouldn't go to to buy hand sanitizer, but they got it. Um, so if you are feeling the effects Your weed of- dealer's trying to sell hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> you got to diversify. Yo, <laughs> He's like, yo, it's tough times. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, here, here you go. Here's your, here's your dime. It, wash your hands. <laughs> I like, I like the idea of like uh, one of those like you know New York City like weed bike messengers, but he's also got like just a backpack filled with hand sanitizer as well. <laughs> weed bike messenger. Yeah, that's a thing in the city, isn't it? I've never heard of that or seen it in my entire life. I mean, Marco? I bought weed from it's a dude who was a bike corner, messenger. So. <laughs> they, 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 Where? They got, New York? They, they, they got those yeah. people on the, on the corner be like, yo, 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 hey, 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 hey. I like those people, maybe. Pete Pete would know he's white, so he gets to get deliveries like something like that. <laughs> Everything is white. so different. That's so true. Um, <laughs> so if you were planning to attend Emerald City Comic Con or – you know, you're feeling the effects of, of the quarantine and you just want to have a little bit of fun and support the creators who are not going to be able to attend now, of course, uh, this weekend anyways. There are a couple ways to do that. I suppose by the time you hear this, those things will be over, but you will still be able to engage with these creators in terms of buying their content. And I'm sure you'll be able to watch, uh, rewatch the streams because uh, virtual cons are here. This very weekend, uh, this at the same time that ECCC is supposed to be going on, uh, there are a few different virtual cons that are going on. Uh, one is by the very, very one is called one is by the very, very shopping network, um, or by very, very spaceship. They're hosting the very, very shopping network, which is essentially a place for uh, it's kind of supposed to emulate uh, QVC. And you can, huh. yeah, you can. Um, what is that? You know, use this to. Sorry, the shopping network. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like, like the home shopping network that boomers buy shit on. Not yeah. even boomers, their parents. <laughs> um, so you can watch interviews with creators. 
Uh, they've got a whole lineup. Um, I think the most who who's the most popular creator on this list? Someone that everyone would know. There's some bigger publishers. To, I mean, not bigger yeah, necessarily. Yeah, D- D- Dark Horse is it will have a presence. Um, Oni, TKO, Oni. Um, so so we've got we've got some some you know some pretty big names on that front. Um, Kate Leth. Kate Leth will be involved. Uh, she's probably the biggest creator name yeah. on the list. Um, but it's still pretty cool that they're doing For this. Sure. Um, and again, you know, you can buy um, stuff from these from these creators, listen to them talk about their upcoming work, stuff like that. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then there's something called Pajama Con that is taking place. I was just looking that up. I'd seen that around uh, this week. I think put on by, uh, I think her name's Spike Trotman of uh iron circus what a cool yeah. name oh, yep. iron, circus. iron circus iron circus is putting this together uh they're going to be running all day all weekend again for you guys that are listening this is past dubai but i'm sure there will be a a vod for you to check out um on twitch twitch.tv slash pajamacon if you want to check that out again kate lethal part of this one as well steve liber um uh, several different creators uh they're, they're gonna even have like a virtual artist alley um, which oh, is kind sick. of kind of interesting. Uh, so lots of cool stuff to check out if you're into that. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad that ECCC will still happen down the road, but I love the fact that um, certain people in the community who are capable are organizing something for the weekend, and hopefully this does bring attention to these creators, and it'll probably shine a bigger light on them than they would have had at Emerald City in the sense that they're not competing with some of the bigger names who don't necessarily need to take part in something like this to stay afloat. Spike is clever as hell. Like, I've been following her on Twitter for a while now, and, like, she was one of the first comics people to utilize Kickstarter when it started, and uh, she's just 40 steps ahead of everybody else in the game. Um. So whatever she's put together for PajamaCon, I'm sure is awesome. I mean, I think in general, this is like a really good idea. And it's something that like I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more of in this space. Um, I mean, like I think Blizzard is probably the only example I can think of where they famously have always kind of had an online element to BlizzCon. Um, But aside from that, a lot of these major conventions don't really leverage online i think as well as they probably could and it's particularly interesting when you think about it like obviously covid and has us thinking about how do we make things like this happen when we can't all go to the same place but imagine what something like this would mean to somebody who like has a compromised immune system and can't go to this kind of stuff anyway or somebody who's like you know uh disabled in a way that makes travel prohibitive you know like they can't um, they can't get their chair on most air airplanes or something like that. Or, you know, um, somebody who, who lives in a country where there aren't a lot of conventions like this or there's not a community for the thing that they're passionate about. Like, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who this would benefit who want to be able to partake in this kind of experience but can't or don't want to go to a big convention center, you know, and, and physically be there. So, yeah, I think trying to leverage how far we've come in the you know online like 
communicative kind of space with like stuff like Twitch and you know Discord and all this other stuff is I think a really really smart move and a way that you could like increasingly create these little you know micro communities that give opportunities to like smaller creators like this you know yeah yeah this is this is really cool going through the list I think I'm probably gonna tune in tomorrow for the busting gates and breaking formats exploring today's experimental comics like this is cool like this is also just like something you can again just watch from the comfort of wherever you're at so mm-hmm. pajama con right pajama con and you gotta think it's gotta be so much less expensive to produce something like this like even like a high quality twitch set you know like you partner with somebody who's already a production studio throw on this event <clears throat> and it's like Something that's going to cost a fraction of a fraction of what it would have cost for you to even, you know, like attempt to have something similar, like in a physical space. Right. And you don't have to charge people for table space or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think it's like a pure replacement, but as an alternative, pretty cool. WonderCon 2020, unfortunately, is delayed. Uh, with no word as to when that's actually going to happen. Um, so that's unfortunate. Actually, no, wait. Um, it, yeah, no, it doesn't. It's not. It's 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 not been um, been reslated yet. So it's unfortunate. Yep. Um, yeah, that's 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 a that. I mean, this is this what we can expect going forward. And unfortunately, these conventions are not the only things being impacted because <clears throat> AMC recently announced that they are going to have to make some changes uh, when it comes to you know films. Of course, going to movie theaters, you're surrounded by people. People sit in the seat before you um, for their showing, and then you come in, and you know who the heck knows what they did in that seat, um, and then you know <laughs> they they pack you in. And you're you're sitting right next to people, and so um, AMC made an announcement of some new rules: uh, a social distance rule, which is going to cause them to half the capacity of yep. each theater Yikes. Um, for every AMC. So the rules are going to be in place from March 14th to the 30th, and that's going to have a big impact. That is going to have a massive impact. Um, we we learned <laughs> this is this is a, incredible news, um, but we learned that the perpetually delayed New Mutants has been delayed again. Oh no! What? As a yep. result of coronavirus. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Ugh, that's fine. Wait a minute. It, that means the Comics Palace production known as the Demon Bear Saga Book Club has to be pushed back now. Oh, Corona's affecting everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it even hit us. Uh, <laughs> New Mutants was supposed to drop on uh, April 3rd, and now that's not going to happen. So, you know, I, I, I don't think we did this as one of our predictions, but if we had, it'd be really interesting. Will this movie re- even release in 2020 man it's just amazing probably not now right like i mean when you look at all the other movies that have been postponed they've almost all been pushed to 2021 well yeah fast and furious got pushed back a year i think Um, it was 
Yeah. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, that's the only movie I can think of, though, that was pushed back. The Fast and the Furious, uh, James Bond. Yep. James Bond. It's in 2021 now. I thought it was in November. Is it in November? I thought it got pushed back to 2021 as well. Oh, no, it is November. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're all right. right. All right. That's not so bad then. Wow. Um, wow, Marvel. So you're pushing back New Mutants, but you won't push back the fir- one of the first female-led superhero movies? Wow. Let's talk about wow. that. Wow. So, oh, I don't care about it. Oh, well, <laughs> oh okay. No, let's move on then. <laughs> so, didn't, didn't Mulan get pushed back too? Yeah, I just don't want to talk about it because it's not. Um, but because fuck China, really. Like, hey now, hey now. Harsh. They're an emerging market. We are Chinese centers. We apologize. So, what I was going to say Kong, is assholes. that now that now that they're going to be having the theater capacities that that i mean technically right that means that each theater is going to fit half the people so it's not a guarantee but you could you could make the argument that around half of the people will see i'll I'll say this in a simpler way every single showing of black widow will yield half the money that it would have yielded otherwise Best would, case scenario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Best case. Like, I would say even a third because there's so many people who are just afraid generally of even wanting to go outside. Like, Bloodshot. Bloodshot? That this, yeah. That's this weekend? Yeah. Yep. Like, I guess that'll be an indication as to whether or not people, one, even go, and then two, whether or not people are, are interested in going to movies in the future. Like, like you'll be able to see opening weekend and then how that even diminishes week over week at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, I would argue that... Um, if people don't go see Bloodshot, that could just mean they don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Bloodshot's a good uh, gauge for that. <laughs> we're we're well, going to need but, a tentpole for that. True, but but I mean just in terms of attendance to a movie, like just, just generally. But people yeah. just may not care about the movie. There's it is no a Vin, buzz. It, it is a Vin Diesel film. Like, I, think, no. I think to Marco's point, though, like even if even that being said the numbers will probably be softer than they would have been anyway right right well without question but that's we know that right so like we'd have to compare versus the projections for that movie i guess um and and see where it lands i think a movie like black widow is a pretty good barometer simply because if it had released with without this kind of an issue you know, it, it probably opens. What, what would you guys say is fair? Like in the hundred million dollar range. How much did Ant Man make? Because I, I'd guess it would be somewhere around there. I don't have that, but I, I have, I have some numbers. I've got Captain Marvel, which was one hundred fifty three million. I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty that's, fair. I think that's solid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if it, if it opened at, let's say it opened at one hundred and fifty million dollars. That's 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 pretty good. Now imagine if it was half of that. Seventy-five. That's not good. It's not great, and it'll probably be less than that. Yeah, almost one hundred percent. Comicbook.com. They 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 you know fudged with some numbers to kind of you know do their own projections, and they they had it at. Uh, they had it at uh, between forty two point five million and one hundred and five million. So if it if it's the lower end, then it would be the lowest opening ever for a Marvel movie. Uh, the Incredible Hulk opened at fifty five million. So in two thousand eight, in two thousand eight, yeah. Uh, 
if it opens at 105, then that's middle of the road. So, huh? Which would be fine. I mean, they don't need they. I'm sure they don't expect this to not be a middle of the road movie, but it's not going to make that much. That would for for it to be that successful, it would have to be a movie that had the same amount of um buzz for it that Black Panther had, right? Because that was what you just said that the top of that was half of Black Panther. No fucking way. You think Black Widow is a movie that was going to have the same level of people flocking to the theater as Black Panther? No. No way. I think it's way more likely that it's a middle-of-the-road or low-tier Marvel movie in terms of turnout. And you cut that in half and then cut it by another third just to, you know, be... <clears throat> be somewhat conservative about that that's nothing like it'll be probably a, a lot less than 42 wouldn't you think maybe not a lot but like i, I don't know dude like that i, I feel like it's it's it, it's it's a movie that already has things going against it right like we were talking about it before there was any of this corona scare or whatever where were our hype levels for this movie not very high you know like black widow is a character who is already like canonically dead and, you know, we already had the first female-centered Marvel movie with Captain Marvel. It's like, it's not a big event. It's a legacy, almost, it's a basically a legacy character in the MCU who I feel like we were ready to be done with. And now we're going to bring her back for our own solo movie, you know, eight years too late. <laughs> okay, great, fine. And then on top of that, you have all this. It's like, I don't know, dude. I feel like this movie, they got to push it. May 1st is still, you know, a ways away. So, it, you know, it depends on how this thing kind of resolves and if it resolves within that time frame. But I think, you know, something you, you mentioned earlier was like, uh, this could last, this, this, the, the coronavirus effect could linger longer than the actual real threat. So people may be, worried about going to the movies and i think black widow you know just thinking about the movies that are on the horizon that's really the first movie that's going to release provided they don't push it back that's a major tentpole film that will collide with coronavirus so i i wonder if we won't see the announcement come soon because i think i think disney was trying to be bullish about this whole thing but they're closing the parks now and that's only ever happened. Uh, this will be the third. This is the yeah. third time in history that they've been closed. The other time was uh, for a massive hurricane, and then nine eleven. So, when does uh, Wonder Woman come out? June, I believe. That might be fine. We'll see. Uh, yeah. So lots of coronavirus talk. And uh, I think every week we're going to have something new that, you know, to talk about with this whole thing. Um, hopefully it resolves soon. I, re I, I find myself, now that Black Widow is so close, genuinely excited for it. Especially because of the last trailer, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I'm bummed out now that, like, this movie, whatever it was going to do. It won't do as well as that because of this. So I don't want it to get pushed back. I want to see this thing. 
I want to see safely, but the the trailer the last trailer was released what last week, right? Uh yeah, during the week. Do you think do you think they should have released that? It, like if they were thinking about moving back the new movie and Mulan, like wouldn't it have just been better to sort of hold that until they decided to like? I, I, it feels like maybe they're gonna be bullish on that movie if anything, and not decide to shift back because of the the release of the trailer. Well, the thing is, you know, we talked about it last week. They're saying they have no intentions of pushing it back. Yeah. But, I mean, even a week ago, they had no intentions of closing Disney World either. Yeah, so exactly. The, 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 the situation is developing, right? So, like, them being bullish about it and putting out a trailer doesn't mean they can't, to Sean's point, in the next four to six weeks, change their mind about release. Yeah. What uh, Do you remember what the original uh, Mulan date was? The original Mulan date... Was it not was, like closer uh, to the end of the month? I will tell you in just a moment. Uh, the original Mulan date was actually March 27th. So, okay. I mean, that that had to be pushed back. I don't yeah. fault Disney for not moving on Black Widow yet. Like, I, yeah, I, I feel like it's still kind of early, like as far as that goes. If, if the United States government is operating on a two-week sort of wait-and-see cycle, I don't feel like... They need to res- Disney needs to respond about a movie that's still over what a, a, well over a month out. Yeah, two months, almost. Yeah, just so. about. Yeah, so I I totally agree with you, Sean. I, I not to mention the fact that there's a lot of conversation going on about how as the weather gets warmer, the danger of like the spread of the virus is lessened because that's how viruses work. So like, there's a chance that by May. You know, uh, going to a movie theater isn't as inadvisable as it is today in March. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Developing story. Uh, So something that is not delayed anymore, I should say, is Batman 3 Jokers. So for those of you with really long memories, you'll recall the Dark Side War which was a storyline that took place in Justice League way back in 2016, uh, written by Jeff Johns. And in it, uh, Batman gets on the Mobius chair and he asks the question, who is the Joker? And the answer he gets is that there are three. So, <laughs> which does not answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't that back still part of like New Fifty Two? Yeah, technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was. I think it was just in the the bridging area of uh, like New Fifty Two and DCU. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then and then we got a little bit more tease of the Three Jokers thing in Rebirth number one, and then yes. nothing. So now we know that it's coming. It's actually coming in June, which is pretty cool. Um, for those of you who you know still care about this, I do. Uh, Jason Fabok is going to be doing art on this book. Nice. Um, and it, it, I mean, it looks great. It's always looked great. Uh, it's just been a matter of you know when are we going to actually get the book in our hands? Um, and so we we know that it's coming in June. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And comicbook.com has, and it coming from Entertainment Weekly, 
a whole bunch of pages and panels um, and covers and things to check out if you want to see some stuff from it. Um, June 17th is that release date. This is Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Johns had this to say. He says, it goes back to the beginning when Batman first encountered the Joker, but it's also the killing joke and a death in the family that speaks to the book and that we're building off of emotionally. Barbara and Jason have gone through so much, as has Bruce, and it's really focused on healing, on scars and wounds, and what that does to somebody. If you suffer from trauma, you don't just get over with it and move on with your life. It changes who you are. Sometimes it changes you for the better. Sometimes it changes you for the worse. You can heal right and you can heal wrong. That's really what the book's about. Healing right, healing wrong, and surviving. The DC Comics story. (laughs) So, So taking those three, right? Healing right, healing wrong, and surviving. And then the concept of there being three Jokers, three issues to this. I'm wondering if he didn't deliberately choose those three different branches... Um, alongside those three different characters being, uh, of course, uh, Batgirl, Red Hood, and Batman. Who do you apply to each? So who healed right, who healed wrong, and who's just surviving? Barbara. Ooh, okay. Hmm, that's not as straightforward as I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) Batman's still struggling. Yeah, I would say say Barbara is healing right. Okay. Especially if you look at like her oracle years and i would i would even say into the the new 52 batgirl batgirl of burnside or whatever yeah so she healed yeah, right yeah batman is still struggling yep okay well and it's it's J- surviving okay okay and then jason healed wrong that was my uh takeaway as well i think that makes sense yeah are you guys into this I don't know, man. I wasn't that crazy about that idea when they revealed it four years ago and <laughs> ruminating <laughs> on it all this time. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, no, see. thanks. <laughs> yeah, not. I'm not particularly interested in it, but that doesn't mean it can't be good. Right. It probably will be good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I. It helps that we've only heard teeny tiny bits and pieces over the past few years. Um, but yeah, I, man, I don't know. Cause I think I'm with Pete. I think I, I think I, when I heard that concept, I was like, yeah, that's dumb. No, thanks. <laughs> I was viscer- viscerally annoyed by the concept, but, uh, I would say that my respect for Jeff Johns has elevated a lot since that was first announced. And I now have a lot more confidence in his ability to deliver something interesting with this, especially if it's not because he said that like, it's not going to be some, you know, multiversal thing and it's not going to be, he's not, he's not trying to change fundamentally anybody in the story. It's really just about like analyzing this concept and seeing what it means, you know, for these characters and that I like. No promises of anything massive, no crazy upheaval, just a story. And I can appreciate that and get behind that. Oh, then then no, then you have me out. <laughs> There's I one think- thing Marco hates. It's no massive upheavals. Yep. 
One interesting wrinkle to this whole thing is that nowhere in the solicitation did they mention Killing Zone, which uh, I'm sure very few people remember this, but that's supposed to be Jeff John's imprint at uh, DC. Is that a and thing? It, yeah, it, it was announced in 2018. It produced no books thus far. Um, this was supposed to be the the Killing Zone book, and it's not attached. It's a black label book. I feel like I very vaguely recall that. Yeah, that name is super familiar. Yep. Huh. We talked about it. We're in the killing zone. We must have made that joke. Wow! We did the it. Killing zone. <laughs> this is way better than whatever we did down that episode. So you guys want to <laughs> keep it going? Um. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm excited. Uh, now to finally know that it's coming out in June that's really close they're promising no more delays which I also like to hear and it's only three issues it's not a long time uh, so I'm looking forward to it um, not a cr- not crazy about the Joker in general um, but it is his 80th anniversary this year I think so cool some way to celebrate him but you know what's weird they have Joker War happening at the same time so it's just like a lot of Joker right now. Joker war. Yep. It's just a lot of Joker all the time lately. All the time. For the past, well, like, 15 years. I really like... <laughs> well, there was that period, like, around the... Like, it was after New 52 when they did the, the face swap thing. And there hadn't been, like, a major Joker storyline in, like... A while. A long time yeah. then. And it feels like since then, they're like, oh, man, what a break we had. Like, let's... <laughs> Well, and even that felt like it would. It had only been. It felt like it had only been like ten minutes. <laughs> hmm. It's funny because I really don't feel like Joker appears that much. I don't know. He has an event. I, <laughs> I think. I think the thing is. I think our. I think he's one of the villains that has like cultural attention yeah. in the same way that like Batman does. So yeah. I think. I think the way we think about him, and, and I think if you think about Batman, often that leads to thinking about the Joker, and and with those two inextricably tied together, I think that increases the amount Joker seen and thought about. So when he does pop up, you're like, "Oh, I'm so tired of the Joker." When actually he hasn't been around that much. Yeah. Not tired of him, just not crazy about him. Uh, for me, no comic book appearance of the Joker has ever topped the Dark Knight. So, I just haven't been that crazy about him since that movie, but that's just yeah. me. Uh, quick also question. the animated series, Mark Hamill. Tough to beat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. Quick question for you guys. Uh, hopefully you don't know the answer. Maybe you do. It would make sense if you did. But, uh, Who's the most popular superhero in the United States? Superman. Yes, indeed. Uh, A survey was recently conducted by one poll, and it revealed that Superman is the most popular superhero in the United States. Uh, But the average person is more a fan of Marvel, if you can believe that. Uh, it's pretty easy to believe for me. <clears throat> so we know that Superman is the number one favorite. But what, do, what would you guys think about a top five? Who do you think would be on that top five list? 
Uh, on this specific list? Yeah, in this poll, okay. this survey. Does it include just superheroes in general? Uh, for this one, I'll ask you about villains a little later. Uh, well, I meant, I meant, is it Marvel and DC or? Oh yes. Is it just Marvel oh, okay. or just DC? Marvel and DC. Okay. Batman, definitely. Yep. He's he's Spider-Man. on there. Where would you place him? Oh, Spider Man as number two. Okay, that is correct. Uh, Batman number three. Correct. Not Wonder Woman. Okay. Two more. I already, I already looked, so I'm not gonna guess. Captain America. Yeah. Where? Oh. Because oh. you already guessed one, two, and three. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. four or five. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> just, I'm just recapping for the listener. Four. Okay. And who's five? I'm trying to think of like, like who else from DC is like big, but I feel like if pe- more people like Marvel, it's a Marvel character. Mm. Who had the most movies? Captain America. Think about it, guys. <laughs> Iron Man? I think so. You Has saw the list. Come on. I I haven't seen the list. You saw the list. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I if, swear if to God, I'm guessing list, 100%. You guessed oh, guess them in order. Yeah, you That's guessed them. Literally guessed them in order. <laughs> I swear, I swear, I'm, I haven't seen the list. I it's, swear. It's funny though, Sean, because I, like I, I would have guessed those five. I don't know if I would have gotten them in the correct order. But I definitely think those are like clearly the top five most popular superheroes. I was I was gonna say the Flash before I said Iron Man, and then Marco really in movies. Flash doesn't even appear in the top ten. So rounding out wow. the top ten, we get Wonder Woman oh. uh, at six. Then Aquaman number seven. Number eight is Captain Marvel. Nine Black That's Panther, right. and ten Wolverine. I think that eight out of those ten are pretty predictable. Uh, Captain Marvel and Black Panther being here is very surprising. Um, it does speak to a change in in the way that we're thinking about superheroes and the impact of those films. Uh, the biggest outlier of who's not on the list. Who do you guys think that is? Oh, God. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Flash is probably the one I'm the most surprised. Him or, or even Green Arrow, maybe? What? Because of Arrow, you know? Like- nah, nah. That's the Incredible a- Hulk. He's got such a history. Oh, in the duh. Yeah. duh! Oh my god, yeah, you're totally right. That's crazy. Though. I, the fact that Aquaman is on this list and Hulk isn't is really surprising. Pretty no, surprising. Aqu- Aquaman I, I can see. I mean, the movie did just come out and was a big deal, but he was a joke for like years before that. But even then, he was a super friend. You know, he's he's yeah. he's, he's been around. He has a long Justice legacy. League, all that stuff. For sure. Yeah. I, but that's why I can see him being on the list, but I, yeah, I don't know about top 10. That That is surprising. I'm more surprised about Captain Marvel too. Like Black Panther, yeah. I'm not super surprised about just yep. because like the film was such a fucking moment. You know, like I'm I'm I feel like that one feels like a recency bias that I totally get the I get that. But Captain with, Marvel, I'm surprised. Black Panther, to see. Yeah. Yeah, with Black Panther, of course, you know? Like that movie was a fucking phenomenon. Well, I and but I think I I kind of think Captain Marvel is similar like for I, I sure think it uh i think it, it it does just go to show that you know when you do show people that there are characters for them you know and that that's they point can like and see themselves in that you know they'll go for it it's crazy how different though this list would be 10 just 10 just 10 years ago 
this would be this would be a very different list, I think, ten years ago. Two years ago. Even, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say even more recently. Yeah. Like Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, even Wonder Woman. I don't know that any of them are on this list. Maybe Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman but, is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. But Aquaman, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, I could see all of them not being on it even two, three years ago. Sure. I think the villains list is actually a lot more interesting. Um, and I wasn't going to do the the game again, but I, I feel like this will stump you guys a lot more. That one uh, I didn't look at. I only pulled out the infographic. So. Is that right. top five as well? Yeah, we'll do top five for this as well. Yeah. Uh, both. Okay. Um, so I, I would. Yeah, I would say pretty comfortably that's, that's that Joker is number one. That is correct. Number two think, is crazy. Okay, I was going to say, do you guys think it's Lex? I was, so thinking, it's not, I was thinking that, but... It's probably not Lex, then. I think it's a Spider-Man villain. If we go down like a similar list, it might be a Spider-Man villain. Venom? No. That'd be wild. I could see Venom being in the top five. I don't know about number two. Venom is in the top five. Okay. Oh, okay. I'd put him Sorry. I, I'd put him at five. I don't know about you guys. I don't think... I don't... Um, that does make sense let's flesh out who the other ones in the top five are before we because i'm not i'll say that that lex is also in the top five okay yeah that that also makes sense i would put him at is loki also in the top five no okay oh what about thanos interesting thanos is the last member of the top five that you didn't say well you're also missing someone else but thanos is there as well okay 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 oh so then uh so Joker, Lex, Thanos, Venom, and we need one more for the top five. Magneto? Yeah. No. No. It has to be a Spider-Man villain. Oh! Uh, no. I was going to say Pen- maybe... I was going to say... What? No. Penguin? <laughs> Gotham. Uh, Harley Quinn. You got that. You nope. got that. Oh, Harley Oh, damn. damn. Oh, okay, that would have made sense. Got that hot guy playing the penguin on Gotham. like Catwoman? Yep. Boom! Catwoman. Oh. <laughs> okay, all right. So number two is Catwoman. Yeah. Right? Oh. Because you said that was the weird one. Wild. Okay. Number three is Thanos. Thanos. No. Venom. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So now four. Uh, that this is where I'm not sure. Wait, Thanos mm, then Lex. Four. Yeah. Thanos. Thanos then okay. Lex. Okay. And then rounding out the top ten, we've got Magneto, Penguin, Harley Quinn, Mystique. Oh. And Loki. Damn, okay, so we guessed everyone off. except Mystique. That's not bad. We did all I'm, right. I'm surprised that Loki is so low and Miss, and yeah. uh, Catwoman is so high. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. I feel like a couple of years ago, Loki would have been way higher on that list. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I guess the love affair is over. Maybe because he died. I don't know. Well, I, I wonder if it's also because he got a, a kind of redemptive arc. So maybe people don't think of him as a villain as much because he kind of turned good guy in the last... Thor movie. I, that's how I feel about Catwoman. Catwoman, yeah, like, I don't, yeah, has I don't think never about been a, a, a true villain in in any media, really. Like at least not in the movies. My question is, how old is the sample size of the people that were? Because if there's a lot of older people, I bet I could see why Catwoman. Because like that would make sense why Superman is so high too. Because if there's uh, like a lot of like boomers voting in this, but like, then why is Black Panther there? You know, like it's just. Oh, I'm saying like if it, there. If there's a big smattering of the ages, like some of those older, those other characters would skew higher. I don't know why you'd see Catwoman at two though. That still yeah. seems high. Uh, the superpowers 
Americans want most. Number one at 37% was invisibility. Damn. Uh, number two oh, was healing papers. at 35%. Bunch of nasties. Number three was time travel at 35%. That'd be cool. Uh, four was superhuman strength at 33%. And also at 33 was superhuman intelligence. Wow. Flight, not even in the top five, huh? That's I hope crazy. that every single person who wants or who says that they will not drink Corona because of the coronavirus voted for superhuman intelligence because you need it. Because <laughs> you need it. <laughs> yep. That's good. Uh, and then just throwing this out there as well, uh, it was also voted for uh, the Avengers to be the, the favorite super team. So also a thing that would have been different 10 years ago. Um, interesting. I just like I just like polls, and I like to see from time to time, you know, what we're thinking. And I, I think I it's interesting data. how how things change. And I wonder where we'll be even five years from now mm. with that. It's it's interesting when I um when I was doing my undergrad, uh, I distinctly remember that Batman was easily the most popular superhero, and I think that. That was only 2012. So I think that it just speaks to the, you know, the place we're at as a country, I think. It's weird to me that Superman's number one, though, with that in mind. Like, where's that coming from? We've talked about this on the show before, but Batman has definitely uh, had a chink in his armor uh, over the last 10 years just because uh, Rises, personally, I don't think Rises hurt Batman at all. Um, but I do think that Batman versus Superman did, and I think that um, Justice League did. I think those movies rises. You know, yeah, okay, there were people who didn't like it, but I, I, I don't. I, I think a lot of people were willing to give that movie a pass or even an elevated opinion because of the associations with Christopher Nolan and that trilogy and everything else. But once you get away from that and you get into Batman v Superman, which was in most people's opinions, objectively bad, not redeemable, and then Justice League, which was just a mess. That to me is the reason why you see this now. I also think I also think that like in 2012, like you know, certainly I'm not saying everything was perfect, but we weren't where we are right now. And yeah, you know, I think I so I think now it's like okay, we need Superman because we. We legitimately need someone to look up to for hope or whatever. But in 2012, it was like, yeah, fuck the man. Fuck the establishment. Yeah. Well, but I, I think what's so interesting too, though, right, is we we acknowledged how a lot of these characters are on this list because of their films or their, like, multimedia stuff. And, like, when's the last relevant appearance of Superman that isn't one of those two flops that Sean just mentioned, you know? Uh, but that that's what I'm saying. I think Superman transcends those. Uh, yeah, right. He's immune to that's that. That's so interesting. Because he stands for something. He's he's the symbol of America. So the American way. Yeah. He will always be, I would say, number one or two, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Um which is tight. Speaking of number one and two, Marvel and DC battling oh, it out. Taking a break? Oh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Every single month uh, for sales, and uh, this month, or I should say for the month of February, Marvel beat the pants off of DC Comics. Um, In fact, 
when you look at the top 10 over there, if we're talking top 10 still, um, let's guess them. It was, it, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, no more guessing. Uh, if it wasn't for Batman, Marvel would have had the entirety of the top 10. Scooping it up. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine number one was oh, top, shit. whether you're looking at units shipped or dollars. Um, Wolverine was also the most expensive comic book on the list at $8 uh, a piece. Um, but, but you know, with that being said, still um, it dominated. And then um, Batman 89 and 88. Batman 89, by the way, uh, for those of you who don't keep up with this kind of thing, has been sold out everywhere. Um, it's only now with the second printing that I was able to get a copy. But, oh, wow. Um, it was the Is first that the beginning of Tinian's run. Uh, it's the third issue I want to say of his run. I think his run started with eighty-seven, okay. but uh, it's the first appearance of I forgot her name, but she's like the Joker's new girlfriend or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, uh, Marionette. No, that's, no, that's Doomsday uh, Clock. Yeah. That'd be that's wild weird. though. Yeah, I can't recall her name unfortunately, but that is uh, people are. <laughs> preparing for that to be worth something <laughs> yes yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is yep. um for the month of february sales were up uh 7.32 percent in dollars and 3.77 punchline punch punch there you go in Sorry. units uh over 2019 and um marvel topped with 41.85 percent in the direct market or the dollar market and 47.30% in units, whereas DC got 29% and 30% in those same, uh, those same analysis points. So, you know, just a little bit of, 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 of a peek into the business. It took, thir- I believe it was 38 uh, spots to see the first book that was not a Marvel or DC book. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. I love looking at this top 10 list for whether it's unit shipped or the, the cost <clears throat> or dollars invoice, whatever. Like if you take Star Wars off this list, it like just straight up looks like the 90s like comic scene. It's all Spider-Man, X-Men and Batman. Yuck. Which is what we were all about back then. <laughs> I don't think that wh- wh- at what point in history could you look at it and that wouldn't be the case. I mean. Probably true. 2011, 2012, oh, yeah? 2013. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, not to say that you wouldn't see those things, but were they the only things on the list? There was a, a definitely a period for you know the last couple of years where like Invincible, Walking Dead, Saga. Which is when there were just a lot less X books too, for that matter. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Fair how, uh, I just how I just mean like the spread of it. How many X books were on the top ten? So for units shipped, uh, we've got Wolverine one, X Men six and seven, Giant Size, Gene and Emma, um, and uh, X Men Fantastic Four. So what's that? Five. It's five, five of ten. So fifty percent of both lists are X Men right, books. Yeah, frankly, that's less than I thought it would be. People love the X Men. And so do we. Uh, Marco, do you have any takes on this before we uh, jump into our review of X-Men 8? Want to give you your um, I mean, it's been... Obviously, the, the Dawn of X stuff has been really overtaking what's been going on in the market. Like, typically, you see, like, a split of, like, 30 and somewhere between the 30s for each. But for Marvel to hit 41 and for DC to hit 29, that's that's a big disparity. 
Uh, and I, I assume that's going to continue like with, uh, with Dan Didio out now, who knows how that's going to start to sort of affect this continuous share. And I mean, Marvel's only what eight per- points away from 50%. Like, right. I mean, this house of X stuff shows no signs of slowing down. Right. Yeah. And, and to, to our earlier point, on uh, just like how the movies have impacted it generally, like we're probably seeing this longer tail of the, the movies finally sort of affecting some of the, the readership likely. So, I mean, who knows? You know, Marvel still dominates the movies. Marvel dominates entertainment right now. So, uh, I expect that number to stay around that 40 and maybe even like the low thirties for DC. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, particularly with, with the to your point, Marco, about the fact that they're reshuffling everything right now. Like they're in a, a rebuilding period while Marvel's coming out of a period where they were down, and now they're like totally poised to capitalize and take that market share like easily. Yeah, it's really paying dividends for them. The fact that they really invested in this relaunch of the X Men. Yep. Yep. Right place, right time for sure. Inject money into comics. Yes, please. And inject money into comic book podcasts hey. like the Comics Pals. <laughs> oh, this I, episode brought to you by our corporate overlords at Disney. <laughs> hey, listen. If Disney wants to pay me, I already show for Marvel. So if they want to throw me some bread on top of that, that's yeah, A-OK right? by me. <laughs> From now on, we're just like, we fucking hate Batman, man. He sucks. <laughs> so so, so I pulled up my uh, my chart. And I'm looking right now, and the lowest that I have here for Marvel, I mean for DC, was back in 2015, where they came in at around 25%. Mm. So since 2002, yearly, uh, on a yearly basis, they've never hit that kind of a that kind of a low. DC hasn't. DC hasn't. Yeah. Wow. Well, sorry. Sorry, can you say that one more time? D- 2015 was the lowest they've ever hit they had ever hit 25. previously at around that 25 percentile. Oh, that was. It's interesting. Probably just before Rebirth. Just well, rebirth, just before DCU, probably. Yeah, that was New Fifty. That would have yeah, been New Fifty Two era DC. Yeah, and, probably mid, uh, last three quarters of that full era. If you look at it that way, and it's that, it's probably. Probably uh, those kinds of numbers are the reason why uh, they shied away from that and moved over to DCU and then, of course, Rebirth. So there you go. Uh, well, thank you, Marco, for that uh, for that report there. We appreciate it. And uh, like all of you who are going out and buying uh, X-Men comic books like their toilet paper and you're trying to prepare yourself for the coronavirus... We love the X-Men, and we are going to be reviewing X-Men number 8 for you guys right now. So X-Men's been on a bit of a roll. We've had some really, really strong issues, and this is following up, eight number 8 is, following up on probably the best issue of all the Dawn of X titles. Uh, that's at least the generally held opinion um, about, about that issue. And then here we get issue 8. Of course, written by Jonathan Hickman, uh, with art by Mahmoud Azrar, one of my favorites, 
uh, colored by Sonny Go with uh, letters by Clayton Cowles, who was everywhere, I swear. And, of course, Tom Muller on design work. Um, not the follow-up to Seven that I expected. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't remember which episode we, we mentioned it, but uh, it's it feels like sometimes it can go like sort of anthology and kind of insert a story into things. And at, originally... As I started reading it, I was like, "All right, what's going on? What is this? What did I miss?" And and then, uh, towards the end, I started to appreciate it a little bit more because it felt like a Claremont sort of thing, where it's like, "Oh, we had this, you know, resolution, this this story that came in and, and told it said what it had to say, and then, uh oh, we're back to it." And I was like, "All right, fine, yeah. I, I, I yeah. can I can appreciate that." Um, but yeah, it was a little frustrating to not sort of get a a clearer resolution from what we saw in last issue. Uh, my, my thing about this issue, I, I, I don't mind it in, in sort of that same framework that you set Marco, uh, along the, the Claremont lines. Uh, but my, my thing about this based on what we've seen so far is we probably won't see what happens next in this, in issue nine to this. Yeah. And I think that's what rubbed me the most the wrong way about it is that it feels like another example of an issue of X-Men where we're like introducing a plot thread that it doesn't feel like we're going to come back to anytime soon. And that for all of the standout issues that there have been in this book, of which there have been many, um, you know, I think at least many of us felt like in the early issues, there were a lot of kind of like, it just felt like a little monster of the weeky. And that kind of feels like this too, where it's just like, all right, and here's this other thing that's going on and it doesn't really have anything to do with Krakoa or like the greater machinations of what's going on in the House of X. And uh, it just feels like another side story, I guess. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I think what's been bugging me is this this book in particular has been introducing a lot of these stories and then going nowhere with them. Like if it was going to be a little mini story of, oh, well, for the next three issues, we're dealing with this egg thing. And that's just a, 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 a was an ebb and flow and an arc of the book. OK, fine. Like that could be cool. But to me, this just feels like another issue of like we're setting stuff up that maybe we'll come back to. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't satisfying. I didn't I didn't feel. Yeah, um, exactly. So first of all, Hickman writes these characters. A lot of these characters, you know, were were New Mutants, and he writes them in New Mutants. So that's cool. Um, but it Im- immediately made me feel like this was something that would make a lot more sense in that book, especially with characters like Gladiator, who has been appearing there. Um, all, all of these characters, really, like everybody who is not a regular member of the X-Men book is a character who appears in New Mutants that Hickman writes over there. So it was weird. It's It seems like a weird decision to choose to tell this story in this book rather than over there. Now, I understand that New Mutants is a book that he's splitting with Ed Brisson. So, you know, there's that. But that book has arcs, and this one doesn't. This one just has, like, standalone issues. And when you compare eight to seven, seven 
felt satisfying. It felt like from start to finish, you got a clear cut story, right? And it ends in a way to where it's like, wow, cool. I understand something new about the X-Men that I didn't know before. And I like the way that the story was told. This doesn't really feel like that. It doesn't. It didn't make me feel much. In fact, yeah, it it very much just feels like it's like okay, the brood are back on the board. Yeah. Okay. All right. And the setup was very much like, like, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, type thing where it's like, oh, I got this egg. You know, like, I'm a goofball. I have this. I don't know what, it's, what it does. <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask, was did that happen in New Mutants? Like, did that just happen? Was that, or is this just, like, a thing that started in, in this uh, book? I mean, I, I missed, I didn't read the last, the very last issue of New Mutants. So maybe it happened in that one. But otherwise, no. I mean, they, they were fighting, um... <clears throat> They were up there like sparring and 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 having like like contests with with members of of Gladiator's court or whatever. So I could easily see how that could have happened in the margins of the story, right? Um, but no, that wasn't something that was explicitly stated that I saw. Hmm. And which is fine, right? Like that that doesn't necessarily have to be a problem. It just it, it the whole thing feels like a very like just a very classic setup and knowing the way that this book is it just doesn't I, you you said it wasn't satisfying Sean and I think that's the best way to put it. It's not a bad issue. It's just coming off the last 3 which were absolute bangers and felt satisfying as standalone books as well as satisfying in the broader context of the story, this just kind of feels like a throwaway issue. Yeah. Filler. There's nothing being explored here. And the brood are not... I mean, you know, they're mostly drones. um, So they don't have personalities that are distinct in any way. So you can't attach yourself to them as villains. Um... And, and and no one does anything stand out. I mean, it, it was cool to see Vulcan. And obviously, he's got some trauma that he's dealing with. Um, I like that. You know, the third Summer's brother. Um, and then the, uh, uh, the infographic. It gives us a, a little bit of information about the fault and these characters who were there. And what, what ended up happening to them. And I appreciated the updates. Um, saying that Vulcan never died. Um, I mean, I guess we know that. I guess we know he didn't die. Um, but I'm interested in seeing more about Vulcan. Yeah, there's nothing here that sort of feeds that. Right. Did you Did you take anything... From the fact that there's like the X that's like covering part of the text on the second infographic? Uh, no. I actually felt like that was supposed to be like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm off base or, or what, but it seemed almost like it was like a glitch. Like we were like the first page at the beginning of the book is like super clean. And then this one is kind of like glitchy. 
and it's you got know, the writing all over it. Yeah, it, it's it seemed a little bit off. I wish I knew the alphabet better so I could know what that says. Better? I don't know it at all. To, That's fair. I think I <laughs> what what was it? I think it was uh, I think it was the Gene Gray Emma Frost. I did look up the codex and I for all this is for all the good this is going to do. I think the the last character is an E. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to look at it right now. Be gone. Yeah, you're right. It's an it's an E update. It does look like be gone. No, I I, I just kind of ass- the, the first letter is a U. Oh, I just kind of assumed done. it was update based on the the context. The second one. Oh, is, it probably is update. Yeah. Yeah, the second one's a P, so it is yeah, probably update. It's update. Uh, yeah. Update. Yeah, it is. Oh, cool. guys, I can read Kurkoa. Fuck, I'm a mutant. You're a mutant, dude. Up What's your mutant home? power? Uh, fucking up audio recordings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Static electricity. <laughs> yeah, so it, it feels like we're on, we're supposed to be on the road to X of Swords, or I'm sorry, Ten of Swords. But there's nothing kind of gearing us up towards that. And I guess I, maybe I'm, I'm coming from a different era of events. But I love it when events are 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 being built towards within the books, not just within, you know, previews and creators telling me I'm supposed to care. So um, I would love it if the flagship X-Men book were doing something to build towards this, you know, what allegedly is a major event. They shouldn't have time for this kind of issue. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but Liana had a sword, so. Well, she's always she's always had a sword, but it's leading up to the event. Kale, this is it's foreshadowing. Exactly, well, it's, it's not called Ilyana's sword. It's foreshadowing. It's not called a sword. ten of. It's not called ten of magics. It's called ten of swords. There's supposed to be at least ten swords. We only saw one. Saw ten panels worth of swords. There Marco, you were you were you stoked to see our girl Danny? Yeah, dude, that was cool. I was like, hey, <laughs> look at her. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool to see the immunes, especially in light of. Uh, of the the demon bear saga, so that was pretty neat. Mm, must have been nice. You're like, oh, I know these characters now. <laughs> Yo, her outfit was on point, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Her design's cool as hell. And and I guess it's probably cool for you guys, right? Because you don't read New Mutants. But even that for me is like it's not pop worthy because I see them all the time. Cause, yeah, because you're reading the book. So I don't know. There just wasn't. There just wasn't anything here that was really that interesting. It feels like a throwaway issue. Um, the art isn't throwaway. I like what Mahmood did here for the most part. Um, yeah, there are some panels that I don't love, some facial expressions that... There, that one of Gabriel laughing, I couldn't get over how weird his fucking neck is. Yeah. Like he's like he looks like he's like a worm. Like he's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> just like look how look how far back his head is bent. It's so weird. Wait, looks like one? the uh, he looks like the uh, the great grand great grandmother fish or whatever in SpongeBob when they're trying to sell uh, chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> I remember when they first invented. <laughs> Rub it all over my skin. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, but Marco, it's like it's. No, I, I just saw it right before the page. Oh, yeah, you found it. Yeah, it's so weird. Who is it? Who is it, Cyclops? Who's at the door? 
It's like it's like it was it was mostly good. Yo, and who's that? Who's the little brood? Brew. That guy's cute. <laughs> Brew's amazing. I love his <laughs> I love his little suit. Yeah. Brew. <laughs> Um, I'm not familiar with him. Like, what's his? Is he a mutant? Nah, like, bro. He he's, a brood. he's a brood. But I was wondering if he was a mutant brood or something. Nah, he's like, a bro- he's a brew brood. Okay, <laughs> chill. Because he chill. went through the he went through the Krakoan gate, so I didn't know like what you know. He's just, no, that he's is just a down. Good point. Listen, man. What what else do you need to know? He is brew. All right, he's a brew. <laughs> I love his glasses too. <laughs> yeah, man, he's loving life. Um, there's that one shot of him too, actually, when they're on the ship and his mouth is just open. <laughs> I'm just like, what is happening? Is he catching flies? There's another panel of him like that uh, during the battle. He's standing next to Jean and he's just looking up at her with his open mouth. Oh yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Jean. I'm a sucker for an artist who draws her well, and I really love this little sequence here. I love uh, that hair, man. Yeah, her hair is is fantastic. And uh, that face there too. She just looks great. Just, you know, I would I I think what we should have, like, is a compilation of artists just drawing Jean Grey in different poses. <laughs> we should put that out as a book. I'd buy sure. it. I wouldn't. I mean, listen. Do you even her hair game mean, is ooh, definitely hold on. really on point. Is it going to be a trade? <laughs> no. I mean, it, okay, it, it could I, be I an omnibus it. if you ask me, right? Well, then I definitely won't buy it. All right, fine. They have, just make a coffee table book, you know? I'm with that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I genuinely don't have more to say about this issue. I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, well, I, yeah, yeah. I'm ready for nine. Whatever. Like, some cool stuff happens, but it's just like. Whatever. So, like, poor Star. Well, what was cool about it? I mean, like the fight was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fight with the brood was neat. I'll give it that. Like there are some cool moments there. The shot of uh, of magic and and Danny like in the middle of it is kind of neat. And when Magic and Cyclops do the thing where he like shoots his laser through the warp, like that's neat. Like it's it's cool, but it's whatever. It's just a fight. Yeah. It's not yeah. anything like yeah. noteworthy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a comic book where a fight happens, so you know it's gonna be cool on some level. But it's just like we've seen this before. It's yeah, a fight. It's like they'll it's be a fine. competent artist drawing the X Men in a fight. Like okay, cool. Yeah, like it's not. I didn't hate it, but you just know, it's not there. There aren't any huge discussion points. Yeah, it's like you a know. solid six or seven kind of book, you know? It's like, eh, it's all right. Do the Starjammers ever get anything done, or do they just get shit on? Because every they time suck. I see them, they're captured. <laughs> <laughs> just always getting captured or, like, on the verge of being murdered. You gotta like, love a, You gotta love an underdog, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, like, an underdog that does something. <laughs> well, that's, always... not, that's not an underdog, Marco. <laughs> I've always liked Corsair, even though yeah, I hate so cool. pirates. Um, but yeah, they they just don't get anything done. And New Mutants, they got captured. Um, <laughs> they tried they tried to steal what was it? They tried to steal 
something or other from the Shi'ar, and that failed. They got captured. Then they were going to get assassinated. Like, they just don't really get anything done. It's unfortunate for them. Do you remember the Young Cyclops book that I think Greg Rucka was on? Oh, yeah. With, uh, was it Dodderman? Maybe. Uh, It was supposed to be a book about Young Cyclops and, and the Corsair going off and doing cool piratey things and it just turned out to be like a father-son camping trip where nothing happened and they didn't do anything <laughs> what's he gonna do man corsair can't do anything <laughs> it's it's wild because he's like he's so cool that's it <laughs> he sucks though <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's his power he's cool but uh, I, yeah, I wish I had that power. Yeah, I wish you did. I too. wish you did too. Oh, He's so cool, but he doesn't do anything. You owe me a Pepsi. Um, <laughs> all right, so I think that's gonna do it here for our review of X Men number eight. If you enjoyed this book more than us, definitely let us know. I think we're all still on the X train. Just you know, not the not the best issue. Um, we can't all be bangers. Is Ooh, it the worst? Did we miss uh, Marauders? Marco made us skip it, remember? Yeah. You voted for it. Was that nine? Yeah. Yeah. You guys uh you guys skipped it. Okay. So that means it's over. Damn. Not you guys. It's not even uh it's Phil not even I, on this list. Phil and I voted to read it. Oh, well I don't know how to handle that then. My vote would have been to read it, so So I say we keep reading then. Alright. Damn it. We'll be back well, on the train with the next issue. My 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 point is, when's the next issue? Because it's not on this list. The next issue, man, I don't know. Maybe it ended. The next, the next. There's, there's there's too many books coming out. That's why you don't see it on the, the next. The next X Men X Men number nine comes out on March 25th, and that's the last entry on the uh, on the on the well, well, coming out list. Well, how often do you want them to put the damn book out? It already came out this month. <laughs> I guess that's true. You guess it's a fact. Is that like a it's, week? I mean, ago, I mean, it? but when when the fucking book was come, you know, when it was starting, it seemed like it was every other week. It was, and I think there was a week where it was back to back weeks. Well, goddamn, then it's over for that. Okay, we Good. need one consistent so artist on the book, and the only way to do it is for it to come out once a damn month. Well, why didn't you say that when I asked? Because I didn't did. think of it then. Comes well, out, com, comes out April first. There you go. We'll be back I'll with be a gone. review of uh, <laughs> of Marauders on April first. <laughs> wait, 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 Marco. Was that a was that a joke or are you for real? No, I'm serious. Like it comes out on April first. <laughs> oh, okay. Because April first, I thought maybe you were you know You're trolling. trolling. Oh, yeah. May- maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right the, the real well joke is this podcast that's enough silliness <laughs> for one saturday afternoon thank you so much for listening uh let us know your thoughts about x-men which x books are you currently reading what what books have you dropped i'm interested in that personally i haven't dropped any and I'm not on the verge of that, but that's only because I really can't afford to miss out on any of the story. I need it all. 
So let us know what you're reading. Uh, you can do so by hitting us up on any podcast hosting platform. If you want to leave us a message there, that's cool. While you're there, drop us a rating. We prefer a five-star, but whatever you think we deserve, that's fair. Um, you can get us on social media at the Comics Pals. You can write to us at comicspals at gmail.com. On YouTube, if you're watching this there, you can definitely leave us a like. We appreciate that. Drop us a comment. Share the video with your friends. Subscribe to our channel. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Don't forget to hit the notification bell so that you're made aware when we drop more content like this. Uh, And, of course, we want you to join our Discord. Come hang out with us. We love to talk to you guys, uh, those of you who are already there and supporting us that way. We really appreciate it. Believe it or not, Simply being a part of our Discord is a way to help us out. And again, totally free. Doesn't require you to do anything, but, uh, you know, put the app on your phone, I guess. Uh, so it gets us through these long, dark weeks. Yep, these corona weeks. Um, and put a lime in it. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Uh, so we'll do some plugs. Pete. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of The Comics Pals. If you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, come talk to me about what you're reading, playing, watching during your uh, your quarantine. And uh, let me know what I should be checking out. And uh, if you want to check out some more stuff from me, you can go head over to LootPots.com where I host their weekly Nintendo podcast, The Potscast, uh, where we also talked about the coronavirus a lot this week and how it's affecting video games. And uh, you can also check out the Patreon-exclusive show After Dark, uh, where we talked about coronavirus as well, because wouldn't you know, that's all anyone's talking about these days. So, yeah, if you uh, want to go get talked through that some more, go check it out, I guess. Uh, Stay safe, you, wash your hands, babies. Why don't you plug the uh, the contest you have going on on Twitter? Do oh, not, yeah, thank hey, you for Peter, reminding me. Peter and Bessie, don't you fucking do it, because the more people that get on there, the less chance I <laughs> have of winning. Don't has. you fucking do it. <laughs> Uh, I am also doing a uh, an Animal Crossing New Horizons giveaway um, over on so Twitter much. right now. You can over at at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. God if you go it, and Sean. retweet the tweet and you follow me and Loot Pots on Twitter, uh, you can get entered to win yourself a copy. I'm going to be announcing the winner on Monday, but because both uh, this and the podcast come out on Monday, I'm not going to do it until Monday night. So if you're hearing this on Monday, you have a chance to go win yourself a free copy of the game. Go do it. Edit all this out, Marco. <laughs> follow the comics pals while you're at it too yeah do it uh kill you can find me on twitter and instagram at toto into that's t-o-t-o-i-n-t-o-w uh you can find me and my work at killward.com that's c-a-l-e-w-a-r-d.com and um i don't know whatever nice nice hey, if you <laughs> don't have anything if you don't have anything you know let it go marco you can follow me at Mr. Mark Matamoto on Instagram and Twitter. I have a two-page story coming out at the end of this month. I finally got the colors back. I'm waiting for the letters, oh, and then it should be dope. should be ready to go. Uh, so really excited for that. Stay tuned. It'll definitely be on Instagram, and I'll be putting it on my website, marcocunalada.com. And yeah, come talk to me about how the coronavirus is actually a uh, biological weapon built out to attack the Chinese. I think of all the people that I regularly speak to, you are the one who I would expect to say that, and that's the reason why I love you. <laughs> but I made it sarcastically. Oh, okay. Did, then forget it. You? Forget everything I just said. 
Yeah, my, Never my, mind, my, I don't respect you anymore. <laughs> my dad sent me a message yesterday. He's like, Marco, check out this 22 minute YouTube video. So why we, it's really, it's really like a false flag, Iranian, whatever thing. I'm like, all right. Swing that to me. <laughs> Sounds like something my dad would send. Um, I'm not saying I believe in all that. I just really, really enjoy a good conspiracy theory. That's all for entertainment. Uh, if you want to follow me, I am on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about Jean Grey Day, uh, which happens to be today. Whenever it is you're listening to it, it's Jean Grey Day. Um, and uh, let's talk about let's talk about the state of Marvel. Let's talk about where Marvel's going in 2020. Let's talk about Empire. No one's talking about that. So with that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week. Bye.